Hello, you're listening to Van Street Baptist Church, located in Danville, Virginia, where you will hear the Word of God delivered by our very own Reverend Maurice Farrell. Now let's sit back and enjoy the Word. Amen. I encourage you to get your your Bibles out. We're going to go to the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 17. We are starting a new sermon series on today. Starting a new sermon series entitled GPS, God's Positioning System. Amen. You can't go wrong if you follow GPS. Amen. Yesterday we were driving down to Burlington and I asked my wife if she would plug the address into the car's GPS. And she said, we're going to use the old-fashioned GPS today. I'm going to tell you where to go. (laughs) Deacon Fred, I had to trust that my wife knew where she was going. And she knew where she was going. Many times, God is just trying to figure out, will you trust me? I'll get you to where you need to be. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 17 starting at verse 1, reading from the NIV version of this particular passage of text, reads as thus, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishb in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Elijah and the, uh, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity to once again stand behind this sacred desk. I pray now, Lord God, that you will hide me behind your cross. Lord God, let them see none of me, but hear all of you, Lord God. I pray that you will have your way in this place, Father God. I pray that you will break shackles and and loosen chains right now, Lord God. Lord God, we just give you praise right now for what you're about to do in this place. Lord God, we stand here with anticipation and expectation of the move of the Holy Spirit. So, Father God, have your way in this place, Lord God. Lord God, we love you and we magnify you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me have your seats. Amen. Just for a few moments as the Spirit shall guide, as we are opening up this sermon series, I want to preach from the thought, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. All right. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Elijah is the first in a long line of important prophets that God sends to Israel and Judah. Elijah appeared in the land of Israel at what historians call a crucial time in its development. The land of Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And on the throne in the southern kingdom was a king by the name of Ahab. Uh, 
but the ruler of this uh, particular uh, region, King Ahab, had a wife by the name of Jezebel. Jezebel was originally a Phoenician princess who had never given up her Phoenician ways. And as a result of her influence, it was very great on her husband, and eventually she had more influence in the kingdom than her own husband did. And as one of the results of this Phoenician influence was the worship of this pagan god by the name of Baal. This was the god of the Phoenicians. And now this worship of Baal had spread into the land of Israel, and it becomes the primary reason that trouble befalls the kingdom and the children of Israel. And it is in this context that we are introduced to our main character, Elijah. All you need to know about Elijah is located in the first verse of our text. The text says he is a Tishbite from the land of Gilead. Yeah, yeah, yeah nobody knew what that, we, what that even meant, meaning that he is from an unknown place with no significance. Y'all just missed your shout cue early on in this text. Elijah is recognized by some historians as one of the most famous and influential prophets of Israel. And God goes to the backside of nowhere and finds a nobody and calls him into an assignment. What a powerful statement that is that God would go to the backside of nowhere to find a nobody to use for his divine purposes. Uh, let me say this to you right off at the outside. If you never become popular, if no one ever recognizes you for what you have done, just know that you are still qualified to be used by the almighty God. No matter if you were born into obscurity and nobody knows your name or where you came from, God knows how to find you, elevate you, and put you on assignment that will bless people for years to come. So Elijah shows up and begins to challenge this polytheistic worship that has become pervasive in the land of Israel. Elijah comes on the scene and challenges the power of Baal in the very area that Baal was responsible for. They thought Baal was responsible for the weather. They thought Baal was responsible for the rain falling. So Elijah comes from nowhere and says that the only true and living God told me to tell you that it's not going to rain until he says so. God, I wish I had some help in here. And, and this is significant because the people that believe in Baal believe that Baal controls the rain. And Elijah comes on the scene and says that Baal isn't running anything here. It is God and not Baal who is in control. And God says it's not going to rain until he says it's going to rain. Elijah was saying in essence that you can bow before Baal, you can pray to Baal, you can throw a seed offering at Baal, you can speak at tongues at Baal, but until the living God says so, it will not rain. Now, now I need for y'all to get this picture here. Elijah is standing before the king Ahab and has declared a rain drought which not only embarrasses the king, but it embarrasses the king's wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because she is the one 
who brought this Baalism into Israel. And it is after this encounter in which Elijah does what God has told him to do that God gives Elijah more instructions. The Bible records that God tells Elijah to leave this place and head eastward to hide out at the brook of Kerith. And there he will find water. Uh, see, it's about to be a drought, and, and God is going to protect his soldier by putting him in a place where there will be provision. Here's the revelation. Here's the revelation of this text. Here it is. This brook where God sends Elijah, watch this, is located approximately 46 miles from the ocean and 13 miles from the Jordan River. And God sends Elijah to a brook in the middle of nowhere for water. <laughs> Picture this, y'all. There is an ocean 46 miles away, a river 13 miles away, and God sends Elijah to a brook in the middle of nowhere. He had to pass by the river could have easily gotten to the ocean, but he is given instructions to go to the middle of nowhere to a small little brook. Y'all y'all making me work hard right here. The, the brook is the smallest body of water available in this vicinity, and this is where God sends Elijah. There's bigger and better water sources all around him but God sends him to a place of barely enough. So this screams the question, Lady V, can you be faithful to the place God sends you even when something bigger is in with proximity and accessible to you? Can you be faithful to go to something that looks smaller than everything around you and be satisfied because that's where God is positioning you? God help me, and I came to let somebody know this morning that the blessings isn't always being in the bigger place, but the blessing is being in the right place. God, who am I talking to up in this place in here? It's not always in the bigger place that you get your blessings, but it's when you are in the place that God has provided for you that you will get your blessings. I wish I had somebody in this place that can, that can say, Lord, I thank you for blessing me in my brook. There is bigger all around me, but I thank you, Lord, because this is what you gave me. This is where you provided me. I, I don't have the biggest check, but I thank God for the check that I do have. I don't have the biggest house, but I thank you for my little shack on the hill. I don't have the fanciest car, but I thank you that my hoopty still gets me from place to place. I don't have a river, I don't have an ocean, but I thank God for the brook because the brook got my name on it. And I'm going to celebrate because I'm where God wants me to be. GPS, y'all. And, and, and all I'm trying to convey today is that where God places you matters. Even when you read Genesis, God created places before he created the people. Because where God positions you matters. Because your assignment and your gifting will never be in two different places. Your gifting is for the place that God has assigned for you. 
And I came to help somebody get over being mad and disappointed about your brook. Stop comparing where you are to where somebody else is at. Don't be disappointed and jealous just because you got to look at everybody else live in their ocean and swim in their river and all you got is a brook. Our job is not to pick where we want to be. Our job is to discover, be directed, and submit to where God wants us to be. And don't make the mistake, hear me, don't make the mistake of chasing what you think you are entitled to and miss out on what God has for you. Because what God has for you, it is for you. So here is the question and the tension of the text. How do I stay in lesser when I'm tempted by greater? How do I manage when I question why am I here in this place when I want to be over there? Let me give you a few principles. Maybe this will help you figure things out. Here's the first thing that the text is Taylor made to teach us is that provision is always connected to a place. The, the only way I'm going to figure this thing out, church, is to understand that wherever God positions me, there will be provision for me. I'm in the text. I'm in the text. God says, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. He, he didn't just say, I commanded the ravens to feed you. But he said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So if you get to where you're supposed to be, the ravens will feed you there. Y'all, y'all missed your shout. Uh, if you stop somewhere else along the way, there will not be any ravens coming to feed you. Because the ravens have been assigned to come to the place where I have directed you to be. So in essence, if Elijah had stopped and went to another place other than where God had assigned for him, he would have missed out on what God had for him. Uh, let me help somebody out right in through here. You can be chasing something in a bigger place and find yourself in a bigger struggle. Because you will have a bigger struggle if the bigger place is not where God has assigned for you. Every bigger opportunity is not the right place. Okay, every better looking dude is not your boo. Every fine girl is not your bae. God sends you what you need to the place that he has assigned for you. And God provides where he guides. God, help me in here. And, 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 so, and so, and some people have been wondering, how is it that you've been able to make it? How, how have you been able to make it in your brook? How have you been able to make it on your brook salary? Some people are trying to figure out how you still got joy and you're wearing brook clothes. God, help me. You, you're driving the brook car and it's... Because God keeps on providing for you. Because you're in the place that God has told you to be. People can't figure out how you still look that good. And you're still wearing the same stuff that you had on last year. Still on the same job with no promotion. 
still driving a hand-me-down car. And it's because when you go to where God positions you, he will provide everything that you need. And he will make you look like a millionaire on a minimum wage salary. Where are my believers at in here? Because you are where God told you to be. He will make provision for you. And here it is. God says, I have already directed the ravens to feed you. Y'all missed the shout cue again. He, he didn't say, when you get there, I'll send the ravens. But he said, I've already prepared what you need, and it'll meet you when you get there. So I don't have to manipulate anything. I don't have to politic for anything. I don't have to brown nose or kiss up for this. But God has already prearranged what I need, and it will be there when I get there. How do you think you survive those difficult moments in your life? It's because God in his all-knowing power knew what you needed before you even got there and it was waiting for you when you got there. Everything you need is already there. When you got sick, your healing was waiting on you. When you lost loved one, comfort was waiting on you. It was already there before you got to your experience. But hold on, y'all. Hold on. Hold on. It's about to get good right in through here because God uses the ravens to bring Elijah food. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, y'all. It's interesting because ravens are dirty and contaminated. Everything they touch, they contaminate. They are not designed to bring people food. They are supposed to eat whatever they find. And God says, I'm so powerful, God help me in here, that I'll make ravens do what they don't want to do just so they can bless you. Yeah. Okay, let me contemporize it. Uh, God says, I'm going to make the boss who don't like you give you the promotion. I'm going to make the bank that didn't want to give you the loan give you the loan anyhow. I'm going to make everybody who wants to see you down lift you up because God says I'll make them do what they don't want to do just to bless my child I wish I had some help in here that can believe that God can turn your situation around and he will make your enemies bless you when they don't want to bless you is there anybody in here that can say Lord bless me right where I am Y'all right, pushing me too fast. I got to give you this next point. Um, provision is tied to a place. But secondly, secondly, protection is tied to that place. Right. Protection is tied to that place. The reason why you are where you are is for your protection and your development. Right. The reason why this is important because uh, you think that when God sent you to a brook and made you pass by oceans and rivers, he was holding you back. God help me. I wish I had some real saints in here. But the truth of the matter is that God has to take you to less to get you ready for more. What God is not going to do is let your assignment outrun your maturity. 
He, he's not going to give you the car at age 16. Because he knows you're going to act a fool with the car at age 16. I, I wish I had some real saints in here. Uh, see, see, remember this now. Remember this. So, so what God does, he hides you to protect you to get you ready for the next assignment. Remember, Elijah insults Jezebel, who had influence over King Ahab. So God has to get Elijah out of town before Jezebel convinces Ahab to kill him. So God is not holding you back. God is protecting you from what wants to kill you. And if God doesn't hide you, you will be susceptible to stuff that you aren't mature enough to handle. God will hide you and develop you at the same time. Elijah was just getting started in ministry, so God had to put him somewhere where he could work on him, where he could teach him how to pray and teach him how to have quiet time and mature his faith. And the reason why this is so significant is because we live in a time now where people are going to miss God's best because they got to have it right now. They don't want to go through anything, Lady V. They don't want to do on-the-job training. They don't want to have to deal with adversities and challenges. They don't want to struggle through anything. But can I tell you that if you can take it, Lord knows that you are surely going to make it. You are where you are because God is trying to develop you. And the more you resist, the more you circumvent your process. And the longer he's got to keep you in that place. He doesn't have to have you there to hurt you, but he's hiding you there to develop you. He's, he's working on you. He's getting you ready for what's on the way. So while he's working on you, people won't see your process, but they will see your completion. I, I wish I had a few of y'all that could testify that God has been working on me in private. I've been going through stuff I just don't understand. He's been making me wrestle with stuff that I can't tell nobody about. But, but here's the good news. What God has been doing in private, he's about to bless you in public. And if you can be faithful while you're at the brook, it's about to be your coming out season. And I just a need for a few of y'all to holler at your boy like you know it's your coming out season. God has been working on you. He's been perfecting you. He's been maturing you. He's been hiding you. And this is your season to step out on what God has for you. And if you can be faithful in the process, he will promote you in the completion. So, so not only is provision and purpose tied to a place, but lastly, patient is connected to this place. I, I, I'm done, y'all. I, I really am done when I say this. Um, don't allow what happens subsequently to discourage you for what God says initially. Yeah. Uh, the text says that um, uh, he tells Elijah initially to go to the brook and I'm going to send ravens to feed you. Subsequently, the text says the brook dries up. What do you do when you do everything that God has told you to do and he sends you to a place that where he is providing begins to look like it's drying up? 
initially he tells me to go to the brook and that there will be ravens and something for me to drink. But subsequently, the text says the brook dried up. This word dry in the Hebrew etymology means it decreases day by day. So every day that Elijah wake up, there's a little less water in the brook. So he's got to look at his resources dissipate day after day after day. Okay, let me help y'all because y'all still not feeling what I'm saying. What do you do when you look at your bank account one day? And the bill you forgot came out. And you look at it the next day and it keeps dissipating and dissipating time after time after time. I wish I had some help right here. It, it, it looked like you can't make ends meet because every time you get a little something, more got to come out on the other side. I wish I had some help in here. You, you can't make ends meet like you're used to. You, you can't go where you're used to. You can't buy what you're used to. Um, look, God sent me in here, and I'm on my way to my seat. Uh, don't worry about what you don't have. You just stay right there where God has assigned you to be. I know things are not what they used to be, but you stay right there because God is not just the brook. God is the all-powerful God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if God is in your picture, it doesn't matter what's drying up around you, God will keep you when everything else starts to fall short. And that's why some folks can't understand why you shout the way you do. Because they know you got less than what you used to have. They know your life isn't what it used to be. But what they don't know is that you don't like where you are. But because God keeps making a way out of no way, keeps opening doors that no man can shut, you keep giving God praise even though your life keeps getting worse. I wish I had a praiser in this place that can say, God, I don't have what I used to have, but God, I still thank you. I can't go where I used to go, but Lord, I'm still gonna lift you up. I can't drive what I used to drive, but I'm still gonna give your name the glory because you are still God. And I don't praise you for what you give me. I don't praise you for what I have, but I praise you simply because of who you are. Can somebody say he's the great I am? He's the Lord of hosts. He's the King of kings. Good morning, Van Street. May the Lord God bless you real good. But is there anybody in here that can say I'm going to praise God right where I am? I'm going to give him glory for who he is. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Rofi Shomai. He's Jehovah Rofi. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's El Shaddai. Can somebody give God glory simply because of who he is? I will bless him at all times because this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And if you are a true worshiper, let the redeemed of the Lord 
say so. Say so. You ought to say he's good. You ought to say he's worthy. You ought to say he's omnipotent. You ought to say he's all-powerful. You ought to say he's all-knowing. Yeah! I'm, I'm just trying to figure things out, y'all. Just trying to figure things out. Look, uh, what I didn't tell you is that initially he tells them to go to the brook. Subsequently, the brook dries up. But this is where the saints shout. Eventually. In verse 8, eventually. The word of God comes to Elijah. And I just need somebody to hold on right through your subsequently. Because eventually, your change is going to come. God help me in here. Woo! I, I, it won't always be like this. But eventually, God is going to turn that thing around. If you can hold on. In the subsequently, eventually, well, I'm trying to hold myself. Eventually, he's going to make a way out of no way. Eventually, your bank account is going to turn around. Eventually, the healing is going to come. Eventually, will happen. If you can just hold on to God's unchanging hand. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I am just trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. Do I have any transparent saints in here that say, that just wake up sometime and you just ask God, why? Yeah. Yeah, sir. Yeah, sir. You just ask, why, why you got me here, God? Why I got to deal with this? And, and you're looking at your neighbor and you know that joker ain't doing right. I wish we could just be real in here. And they seem to always get the blessing and you struggling. You're in your brook. But if you can hang on while you're in your brook, eventually we'll show up. Thank you for joining us at Van Street Baptist Church. Please make sure to visit our website and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a message. We are live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if this message touched you, we would love to hear from you. Or if you'd simply tell a friend, family member, or someone close to you to check us out. You can find all of our contact links in the show description below. And thank you again for joining us. And God bless you.